Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. It's the first time I have done the broadcast in quite some time, so it actually does feel good to be back in the seat again. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It is the 14th day of April 2013, and things just keep getting crazier and crazier by the moment. Now, before I get into the show today, I was going to cover a bunch of things. Obviously, I'm going to cover the North Korea thing. I'm going to cover the effective tax rate of our president, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, just the waterfront, the demonization of Christians, gun owners, everything, and MSNBC saying that our parents belong to the collective. Total Marxism, lean forward, total Marxist statement. So, once again, those who do not know history, who do not learn history, are doomed to repeat it. And the reason that we're doomed to repeat it is because humans do the same things over and over and over again. And history teaches us this multiple times over, whether it's the – whether it's a good example would be um, Napoleon. Napoleon tried to invade Russia and – he failed, and then Hitler later tried to do the exact same thing, turned turned east towards Russia, and and his generals advised against it, and they said, listen, you don't want to go and do this because it's just not going to be good for us. You know, Napoleon tried to do this with his empire, and he failed, and, and you know, we're, we're probably setting up for failure here too, and in all of his arrogance and bravado – he asked his generals, well, how many how many tanks did he have? So just get that and just wrap that around your brain really quick and try to understand what's going on in that perspective. You have somebody like Adolf Hitler who's already – this is after, you know, he's already had the Vichy French basically surrender over France. And he is now set on world domination. And I'm actually reading his uh, chief architect's uh, memoirs right now. And it's uh, it's pretty powerful just to see what the, that nation went through. in just such a short period of time after World War One, and then have Hitler in World War Two. You know, the war to end all wars, and then all of a sudden, oh, we got another war to end all wars. So, the overarching theme, though, is that if you don't learn from the mistakes of of the past regimes, if the, of the past cultures, if the of the past tribes, what have you, then you're doomed to make those same mistakes because humans, in all of our glory, we have limited scope. We have limited scope. We can only learn so much from books. That's why if you ever talk to somebody that's, you know, never graduated from, you know, high school and started their own business, they're a very successful business person, much like 
Rick Ross that I interviewed last week, even though his um, his product was illegal by the government, you know, obviously people that are uh, elected to wear, you know, black uniforms and suits to and call themselves officials just to let you know um, that you can't live your life without them, which is uh, a farce. There's been plenty of indigenous tribes that don't have any elected leadership, and and they all seem to get along fine, and nobody kills anybody. But it's the Western culture to believe that you do need all these provisions, that you need these people, otherwise that everything will just run amok. When history actually teaches us otherwise, the more government you get and the more uh, laws and edicts and statutes that you get, the the less – the less liberty you have and the less freedom you have for the people, which always turns into authoritarianism because eventually you hire so many bureaucrats and the government swells so big that the only way to fund them is the way that we currently fund our crazy systems. And I'm actually going to get into that, the systems of control of the United States. But first I want to digress. The reason I haven't been on the, the air for a while is that I went on vacation with my wife and my family, and a lot of good came out of that because I needed some time to just kind of get out of the the researching, the ever-inquisitive nature of my being since I have been awakened to the global combine conspiracy, which is not a conspiracy at all. If you think about it, it is corporations doing what corporations do, and that's maximize profit. And corporations don't have feelings, so therefore they don't take into account what kind of impact they're having on nature, society, indigenous people, and the whole nine. So when you hear me talk about the New World Order, when you hear me talk about global government, it is not governments getting together and making rules and laws from elected officials that you elect. It is global corporate combines larger than most nations as far as revenue with their own private mercenary groups. If you want some validation on all of these things that I'm telling you, the best resource that I have for you and until I talk about the global elite because that's a completely different resource altogether – but if you read or you can listen on Audible, it's on Audible now. That's how I how I got to hear it and, and hear all these crazy stories. But if you listen to Confessions of an Economic Hitman by John Perkins, it will give you a really good idea of what our government and other governments have figured out over the last 50 years. And what they've figured out that it's much easier to go in and buy off regimes with fiat money that you create out of nothing and take and leverage those to get oil assets, mineral assets, lithium assets like over in Afghanistan. It's the real reason we're over there. We're over there for number one, the opium, and, and number two, for the lithium. So once you're awakened to the global – and he refers to it as the corporatocracy. Once you are awakened to the corporatocracy, then the things that you see around you are all feeding into the corporatocracy. The mainstream media is feeding into the corporatocracy because it has to keep those guys in good standing and let the people think 
that just because a corporation makes a profit that it's a good thing. And history actually teaches us otherwise. Look at IG Farben. And that company made millions, what would be a, a, probably trillions of dollars if you equate it to today's society. Back in World War II, and IG Farben was, you know, partnered with the Bush family and all this stuff. This is all mainline history, but you have to go looking for it because you're not going to get that in your textbook. So what came of my trip down to Florida? Well, number one, I got to relax. Number two, I got to see Bitcoin get manipulated by the central banks and governments everywhere driving it to a parabolic state by, in essence, flash trading the Bitcoins till it got up to the number that they wanted, and then they flash sold, took their profit, and ran much like the, much like the, I guess, the dot-com bubble. So I got to see that. I also got to see things that really made me upset. And what made me upset was the majority of the people that I saw, number one, had no opinion, per se. And when I say they have no opinion, they have no self-evaluated opinion. They can recite talking points from MSNBC or Fox or CNN or whatever news outlet that they saw that day. They can also have meaningless conversations about popular culture. But what you don't see are people having intellectual conversations. There is no more intellect anymore. And I think Joe Rogan said it best where he said that I am not that smart, but I find myself surrounded by stupid people. And that's true. And I'm not meaning that you're stupid. You got caught up into a system that manipulates you from the time that you can actually step into the government brainwashing facilities known as private school or public school systems. Remember, the Department of Education sets the agenda. So why would you think that they would have any, any anti-government anything in there? It's all going to be pro-government. Just use your head for a second. Use your head and understand that governments in the past have always sold their people out to the highest bidder. Whether it's through slavery or if it's through economic slavery like we have now. So the reason that all of this stuff came up was it's amazing to me to see all of these people and you see them in the restaurants and you see them all the time and I and I, I'm a victim of it as well. But you see the screen dependency that we have as a culture in the United States. And that accounts for I'm going to make I I'm going to do what our president does and I'm going to make up an imaginary statistic and then use it. So here's my imaginary statistic. I would say that 85% of our challenges as we face as a society here in the United States revolve around our screen dependency. 
You don't see people reading books anymore, very rarely. And if you do, nobody under the age of 20. Nobody under the age of 30 for the most part. Everybody's reading screens, tweeting. And I understand what all that stuff is used for. I understand that I'm being tracked and traced. And if you don't understand that you're being tracked and traced, well, I've got something that I'm going to cover a little bit later on that um, that now you're starting to see mainstream media having to answer to real questions. They did a report, Fox News did a report on the NSA data center. I bet if you were to take a poll now, that the general public, if you ask them what the largest division, what is the largest intelligent apparatus in the United States? And you know what? I'm going to do a man on the street on this because there's a lot of new things coming out, guys, that I'll let you know towards the end of the show. But super exciting stuff, what I'm trying to do here. And and I've got a really great partner, my friend Daryl Young, who's also helping me out with um, you know, trying to get some cross branding going. But we're we're tired of not being relevant. I'm tired of having football debates with people that try to explain to me, well, that we need to do something about the guns. Well, we need to do something about guns. Listen. Let's have a gun debate when we get the economy fixed. Let's have a gun debate when we bring our troops home. Let's have a gun debate when we don't have the Federal Reserve taking $80 billion a month and putting it into an imaginary coffer and then signing you on to the debt. Let's have a gun debate after that. I'll be more than happy to have your debate about magazine size you know the amount of powder we're allowed to pull in, put in our bullets. You know whatever you guys can. I mean, even if you want me to to wrap my bullets in cotton, we'll do it then. But let's fix the financial stuff because that's why the gun debate is so hot. Because people see what happens in countries like Cyprus, in other countries like Spain and Portugal. Remember, over a year ago. I was sitting here on my show telling you that this was going to happen, and not because I'm a genius. It's because I can read, and I understand that when the euro, when the the gentleman that helped set up the euro said that he used dictatorial power per se in order to get it rammed through, and it was developed by a bunch of central bankers. Why in the hell would you ever trust that? But once again, it's not your fault, public. It's not your fault because you don't have the information. You don't have the information, but now you do. Now you're getting the information. You're starting to ask the questions, and that's all we got to do, guys. We all, all we got to do is ask one question, and then we're off and running. But if you stay in la-la land, if you sit there and worry about what Kim Kardashian is going to do this weekend, if you sit there and mourn you know, Kobe Bryant you know, pulling his Achilles and now he's out and the Lakers have no shot to win a title, you know what? It's over for you. If you don't realize currently that you are living in a state 
where they tell you you have free speech, but yet you can't protest the G20 and the G8 unless you go around the corner in their quote-unquote free speech zones. Completely unconstitutional, whatever, doesn't matter. We're enforcing it. Here's our guys in black uniforms and shields. By the way, you're in a free country. Doesn't sound like a free country to me. You're in a free country where they say that Christians and evangelical Christians, Catholics, Ku Klux Klan members, you name it, everybody is a suspected terrorist. That's I've got the actual JPEG pulled up right now, and I'm going to read it off to you in a little bit. It's very, very sad. And I'm trying to help, guys. And you know, I sit there and I say not to armchair quarterback. And I sit there and I say not to not to belittle the people that are that don't know any better. But I think that we're gonna have to start taking a new approach. I think that you're going to have to start laughing at the people that don't know. Because the way that they've got this stuff scripted through the mainstream propaganda media, and I saw another episode of the following where, of course, you know, they go into the militia place and there's nothing but Gadsden flags and they're all, you know, they're all right wing extremist terrorist groups. Just really crazy stuff. You know, and I have people that I listen to on a day to day basis say that, you know, this is all programming. And then I hear people on the other side and saying, no, it's just good theater. And I just can't buy it. I cannot buy that it's coincidence. I can't buy that it's coincidence. I can't buy that the communist Chinese government made a film group change the invasion. Remember back when they did Red Dawn back in the 80s and 90s, they did a version where we were invaded by Russia, which got everybody, you know, on tilt, which is what governments do. They use fear, intimidation, and taxation in order to kit you under their thumb. And as soon as humanity realizes that, then we will probably be able to do away with government and actually be able to live into communities like we were supposed to as the hunter-gatherers that we are as human beings. We are not meant to live in giant, compact cities where you dial a magic number and the magic number produces somebody that protects your property, which is your body. That's not freedom. That is dependency. So I'm getting very philosophical today because we need to have these kinds of debates. I had a conversation with one of my fr- a friend of my buddies yesterday. And the kid was pretty smart. But what he couldn't get past was the parties. He kept coming back to it. Well, we need parties. And I kept saying, well, our founders said don't have parties. Because all that'll do is create divide and conquer racial division, and then they'll use, you know, they'll play the two sides off against each other, and then the elites will own both sides, and then it doesn't matter what the people say. But we didn't learn that. But we're starting to learn it now. You're starting to learn it now where you have, you know, the Democrats are going to put in this gun law. Or they're going to put this gun bill up for a vote and then don't let anybody read it, much like the Obamacare Act where it's, 
hey, in order to find out what's in this bill, we have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. Treason. Boom. And it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous the amount of treason that the American public is putting up with. Because it is. It's treason. When the President of the United States says that, you know, or when the Joint Chiefs of Staff say that our military is under direct orders of UN and if they if they have a if they form a coalition or anything else like that, then that can justify using uh using US forces to go and attack somebody for mineral grabs for the giant corporate combines, which is what it's for, everybody. That American flag that you see represents every corporate combine you could ever imagine. Nike, Adidas, Walmart, Target, it's, they're all there. That is the global government. You have to realize this or we are all in very big trouble. And if you study what these global corporate combines do to other nations, they ain't playing patty cake. They've got a system of empire figured out. They figured it out back with the Shah, back with Iran, that it was much easier to send Kermit Roosevelt in there to go in and stir up trouble. Kermit Roosevelt was a CIA operative. He was actually the um, the cousin of um, Theodore Roosevelt, another progressive that pretty much slaughtered – that gave us the um, – I think it was either him or Wilson that gave us the Department of Education, so thank you very much for that complete – you know, progressive thinking, thinking that the more power that you give to the state, the better off that the humans are going to be. It's actually the exact opposite. The more power you give to the state, the more control the state has, and the more that the the liberty and the wealth go out the window. And you say, well, what what examples do you have of that? Let's see. I can look at two off the top of my head. China, who was a paper tiger as far as their balance sheet goes, they don't really produce anything. They ship us a bunch of knickknacks and then meanwhile holding out big loans to giant nations in order to get receivers so that they can pay their debts. They really have no – they have no economic stability. That's why you see them going all over the world trying to buy up every mineral. China owns this, and just Google this. If you want to you start really learning about global systems and how this stuff works, China owns 95% of all the minerals on the planet. So there you go. China is a prime example, North Korea right behind that, of the more power that you give to the state – the better off it's going to be. It's the exact opposite. It's, an, it's almost a direct – it's an inverse ratio. The more power the state has, the less the individual has, the less say that the individual has, and the more trouble that you're in. Now, why do I bring these things up? Because collectivism, everyone, is the enemy of humanity. Collectivism is the enemy of personal liberty, which is what I stand for. You don't need a document with 30, a list of 30 things on there telling you to not go and kill your neighbor. I'm pretty sure you know that. So when people say that you need to respect the Second Amendment, yes, you do. But the reason that they're saying that you need to respect it 
is not because it's it's this checkmate against tyranny, which it is, but it's the right for you, the individual, the sovereign, the sovereign. And if you don't know what that word means, look that word up and please become familiar with it because that should be what governs your life, that you are the sovereign. That means that the sovereign has the right to protect his property, his or her property, which your property can be anything from a, a laptop that sits in your office to your personal life. That's your property. Under definition of law, that's your property. And you can't just come on to somebody's property and take their property. Even if you got a shiny badge and a black uniform, you can't do that. You have to serve a warrant first. You have to have a formal complaint filed. But that's getting into the law portion of things, which not a lot of Americans know. And one of the things that we can do is educate yourself on the law. The law is not tricky. They use big words and, 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 and stupid formalities to try to confuse everybody. It's kind of like the tax code. They do that so that you don't question things. So why the big diatribe? Why the big buildup? MSNBC came out while I was on vacation and said that your children, we need to get over it. I'm just going to play the clip, and then I'm going to explain to you what this really means and why you shouldn't stand for this. So here is the MSNBC clip where they're talking about leaning forward, and you got to get over this notion that your kids are your kids. So here is the clip. It's been all over the news. I'm sorry I'm just getting into it now. But here's the clip, and man, is this just unbelievable. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the household, then we start making better investments. Okay. In America, I have a woman on a cable television network that is supposed to be a quote-unquote news network. It's not news anymore, people. It's infotainment. They branded that term a long time ago, and they have slowly transitioned you into infotainment. That's why when you see Fox, CNN, and stuff like that, they'll cover stuff like Justin Bieber losing his mind, you know, stuff that should be left to like E! News, because it's a blurring of the line. It's a blurring of popular culture with news and a smattering of disinformation in between. That is the most Marxist, collectivist, statement I've ever heard in my life. And most people, when they hear it, probably think it sounds pretty good. Well, once again, just like anything Marxist, it sounds really good. You implement it, it is absolutely horrible. Marxism is utopia on paper. Not utopia, but I mean 
everybody shares, everybody gets what they need, everybody's happy, never turns out that way. So that is on my news, hitting maybe a couple hundred thousand people. But then a couple hundred thousand don't see that that's propaganda. Once again, these are paid news outlets owned by gigantic corporations and combines. And if you cannot understand what I'm talking about, then God save you because you are in a world of trouble, my man or my my lady. You have to understand this. Governments, much like in the network, governments don't exist, Mr. Beale. There is just IBM, NHP, and CNN, and Fox. These are global monopolies that are absolutely ruthless in how they do business. They don't care about the environment. They don't care about you, the sovereign, and they sure as hell don't care about your feelings. Now, why are you so down on corporations, Jake? Well, number one, I've worked for many corporations in my life, and I will testify that some of the most incompetent, lazy Pass-the-buck people work in corporations. That's number one. Number two, whoever holds the money holds the power. You see, that's why the Treasury Department was set up so that the Treasury and Congress could set our currency. But what do we have now? We have a private bank, the federal, the private Federal Reserve, that sets the currency and credit for our nation and charges you interest on the money it creates, robbing you every day of your life. But it's good because you can still go to Target and you can still get that lawn chair for $15 that some kid in Indonesia probably died over. And I know that's very sad, and it's very sour, and it's very somber, but it's the truth. The global corporate combines and world governments have been colluding together since the early 60s in order to set up this new world order, a.k.a. government by corporations, leaving the city-states and the nation states to dissolve so that they can consolidate and set up the world government. These are all, that's all documented facts. UN Agenda 21, they even tell you how they're going to fund it. And if you, once again, if you want to understand the economic side of the takeover, you have to listen to things like Confessions of an Economic Hitman, or go read about what we did over in Ecuador, or what we did to the to the Panamanians, or just a, a multitude of things that this government did, our government, the the empire did clandestinely 
through corporations. You see, the way that they manipulate and the way that they get around actually becoming and being called an empire is that you hire out private mercenary firms to do your work for you. Whether it's to pull out of Afghanistan and say that you're going to leave a bunch of, and I'm doing the air quotations, contractors, private mercenary groups, Blackwater, whoever they change their name to, leave them in their place. So you get the you get the fastigial pulling the troops out and the smiles and the glad handing and the banner waving, but you get no change. You can't have change because you don't matter to the corporate combines. Once again, IG Farben. Go and look up IG Farben and what they did and how they hoarded gold and all of it back during the German regime. We have seven or eight IG Farbens now, most of them in the form of defense contractors or companies like Halliburton that have changed their name to KBR or whatever, Kellogg, Brown, and Root or whatever they are now. It's very scary to see what's going on in this country. And as a person that wants liberty and justice for all, that is not something that you should just say like a biological android. Those words should ring in your ear every day of your life. Liberty and justice for all people. For all of us, whether you're in Indiana, Indonesia, whether you're in Albania or Alabama, it doesn't matter. The only way that you reverse this is that you enlighten the public. You have conversations with people about, hey, do you think it's cool that our our government is getting money from a private bank and they're taking $80 billion of your tax money and then throwing it into a combustion engine and just burning it up every week in the form of QE Unlimited. But you can't have a conversation like that because you have to get over the stepping stones. The first stepping stone that you have to realize is that your government is not your government. That is the corporation of the United States of America. That is the empire. That is the corporate empire. It's really funny how we have something called the World Bank, but yet the U.S. president gets to appoint the president of the World Bank. Huh. You would think that if it was a World Bank that they would get to, you know, maybe rotate it. No. No. And it's it's really not fun to to understand and to come to grips with the fact that you live in an empire. That the things that you do on a day-to-day basis drastically impact the people across the world from you through the butterfly effect or whatever you want to call it. The pair of Nike shorts that I'm wearing probably cost Nike a dollar at the most to create, and then they sell it to me for $30 and a target. 
manufactured by somebody in a sweatshop in Indonesia or some other far-off country like that where they're given two bathroom breaks a day. This is all on record, by the way. Two bathroom breaks a day. And then you're making so little money that you have the choice to either wash your clothes or eat, and those are the two that you get. So most of the time, these people come into the sweatshops wearing clothes that have just dingy for weeks. And at Foxcom, they got the suicide nets and the forced abortions and all that stuff. But once again, you have to be able to read, research, and understand that this is all part of a global crime syndicate slash global mafia. So what do we do? Well, number one, you look at countries like North Korea, and you say that that is the model of slavery. You make sure that everybody understands why it's the model of slavery. You make sure that everyone understands that they are not liked by anyone in the world, and you make sure that everyone understands that nine times out of ten, they are full of you-know-what when they pull these stunts. Do I think that Kim Jong-un has got the sack, cojones, the fortitude, the bravada to pull this off? Have you guys ever seen pictures of this guy? The dude, the guy could not, he couldn't get himself out of spaghetti handcuffs. I mean, that's how weak that guy is. He doesn't even look like, he doesn't look like a, um, oh, what's a good example? He doesn't look like a dictator where they kind of look down your nose at you. It kind of creeps me out because our president does that stuff where they, where they look back and then they look down the nose. And they kind of smell to get the intensity, to get to get the sycophantic love affair of the sheep. He doesn't do that. Obama does that. That's kind of creepy. But I think Obama loves the limelight, and that's fine. You know, do your thing. Just go make your money for the global crime syndicate. That's fine. But he doesn't – Kim Jong-un does not portray – he doesn't instill fear to me at all. But what it does instill fear to me is the culture, the the love affair with government, the love affair with war, the love affair with all of these things. And see, collectivists believe that if somehow – if you round up all of the guns in the United States, then everybody will just decide to be, to be happy and free and will never hurt anyone ever again. It's just not going to happen. So do I think that Kim Jong-un, they're going to do their big missile test tomorrow. And by the way, he hasn't been seen for like two weeks. And if that's not a big PR move, I don't know what is. They probably can't even get him out in public because he's probably shaking so bad, thinking that, oh my gosh, if I do this, he's the U.S. is probably just going to invade. And, and maybe China will invade too, and they'll just wipe us off the map. So, am I worried about that? If they launch that missile tomorrow in a test, 
That will be the biggest mistake, and it would probably be a provocateur mistake as a big distraction for the global economic crisis that is looming. That being said, it is now time for me to turn my attention to the real challenges that we face. And I've got 20 minutes left in the show. The real challenges that we face are the fact that we have a growing police state here in the United States. Combine that with a culture and a population that is dumbed down deliberately, by design, by the way. By design, fluoride in the water, the preservatives, the aspartame, all of it. You know what's amazing to me? It's amazing to me that there are um, there are a multitude of chemicals that are banned in other nations but yet are fine for the American public to consume. Like yellow number five and things like that. Completely banned in other countries. You know, France said that they won't accept any GMOs, but here in America we eat them like they're, you know, candy. And nobody ever knows what the long-term effects of GMOs are because Monsanto lobbied to say that, well, we can't do studies past 90 days. How convenient. They also got their own legislation passed that says you can't really challenge us on anything that we do. And by the way, you know, we're above the law, so get get used to it. Fascism, everybody. It's fascism. Corporations controlling your government. Look at Russia. It's what happened to them. Gigantic combines. And now the combines have figured it out that they're not just going to stop with the country that they're in. They're going, they're international, so they are just going to say, you know what? We need to create this world government. Because if we can create world government, then we can exempt ourselves. From every law. We can exempt ourselves from every law. And then if we deindustrialize the United States, which they've done through NAFTA and GATT, the giant sucking sound that Ross Perot warned of, I'm going to find some clips of that and I'll play that next week. But they've done this. So they've put the United States basically on cardiac arrest, while simultaneously raising taxes, and then the upper elites are all exempt from it, and then they cry and say that they want to be fair, just like Warren Buffett, and say, I want you to tax me more. Listen, it doesn't matter how much you tax Warren Buffett. That guy has got his money in so many different places he is just taking capital gains and just burning them up in some other investment, most likely in some kind of nonprofit, because that's how they get the tax-free money. I'm trying to give you all the secrets here, or not the secrets, I'm trying to give you the points that you can go and research and that you can go and question and say, wait a minute, is this kid, this guy's lying to me, that can't be right. Oh, it can't be right that your government – or actually, excuse me, that your foreign traitorous government, known as the private Federal Reserve, is taking all that money and just burning it up and signing you on to the debt. That's why taxes keep going up. But don't worry. The government's got a new bubble for you, and it's not a bubble per se, what you would think. 
This comes from allgov.com, where it says, interest on student loans to give government $34 billion a year in revenue. Once again, the way that our system is set up financially, the only thing that central economic planning through the private Federal Reserve by utilizing fractional reserve banking can create our bubbles. That's the only thing that it can create. It cannot create wealth. It'll create a bubble. And as long as you sell out on the high end of the bubble, you're creating more and more wealth. But if you ride the bubble all the way down, like some of the people that had Bitcoin that wrote it all the way down to $54 and probably freaked out and then sold it, unlike yours truly, because I was in it for the long haul and I understood that you know if it gets down to where I'm doubling my money, I'm just going to jump out of the market and then reinvest later on. So, a little bit of a tangent, but I do want to read this. And I'm going to read the first three paragraphs, so bear with me. Even as the economic struggles to, or the economy struggles to recover from bursting the subprime mortgage bubble back in 2008, a new debt crisis over student loans looms on the horizon. We have known this for over a year, and I've said this for over a year, too. It's the next bubble to go because you have all these people that got their degree in underwater basket weaving for $50,000, and now they're trying to go find a good job, and there aren't any jobs because NAFTA and GATT shipped all of our jobs offshore, and then you have the borders wide open, so the illegal immigrants are coming in, and they're driving the wages down through competition. There's nothing – I don't – I don't have anything against illegal aliens. It is true free market competition, but it's weighed in the fact that you will never be able to pay those loans back because you will not be able to get the job in order to make a dent. So, continuing. And this time, the federal government is actually profiting off the debtors. Of course, they profit off the – well, they don't profit. Their investors profit off the private prisons, which we talked about that in the uh, interview I did with Rick Ross, but I'll get into that here in a little bit just to show you once again how the corporate combines own everything, and you will have nowhere to go but to the corporations. If the interest rate increase is not averted by Congress, millions of student borrowers will be thrown into default with defacing consequences not only for themselves but for the economy as a whole. And this is what economists are struggling with, how how this is going to play out, when the defaults are going to happen, because then you're looking at another once again, crash that was engineered, but yet they don't see it coming. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Kind of like when Goldman Sachs was sending the internal emails around saying that I can't believe that these people are buying these subprime mortgages. They're all a bunch of SHI, you know what, and that we're just going to bet against them and we're going to make we're going to make money selling the deals and then we're going to make money when they all blow up. It's the same thing. And it's a it's not rocket science. Quit being chumps. Quit being played. You have to make changes. You have to have a revolution, a peaceful revolution, an intellectual revolution to get people out of their comas. Because if you just keep thinking that ignorance is bliss 
and that I can just will myself out of this and that everything will get better because the politicians will fix it. They're going to fix it all right. They're going to fix it real good. Continuing, at the present, the student loan debt stands at $1.1 trillion, more than all other consumer debt except for home mortgages. So larger than anything, guys. Car payments around the – you name it, everything. This thing is huge, and it's a big bubble, and Ron Paul talked about this bubble bursting. I talked about the bubble bursting. I'm not a damn economist, and I know that this is bad news. And you don't have to be an economist to even think like this. Just think about how many friends that you have that are underemployed or that have a college degree and don't have a job or have a job where they're waiting tables or something. Nothing against waiting tables, but you can't make enough money to sustain a, a decent lifestyle, a decent place to live, and also pay your student loans back. It, it's it, it's got to go somewhere. So continuing, some experts, including those at the Treasury Department's Office of Financial Research, warn that the student debt is a potential threat to the financial stability and could depress demand for home mortgages and reduce consumption, which is a big no-no here in the United States. You cannot reduce consumption because what you were taught after 9-11, if you go back and look at it, look at the programming that was put in there in place. When Osama bin Laden hits the buildings, we're tracking Osama bin Laden an hour after the towers come down. We know it was Osama bin Laden. Then they got videotapes of Osama bin Laden saying that, I didn't do this. Videotapes of him saying, I didn't do this. Now, wouldn't you think that this terrorist mastermind, this evil genius that – and I know it's I know it's fun to, to be scared of the Muslims, guys. I really do. Tea partiers, I'm talking to you. You're like you're like the the Republicans that almost they've almost gotten it, but you guys still think that corporations are good some somehow some way. I still haven't figured that out. But how do they know an hour afterwards? And then he says, "I didn't do it." The West is trying to frame me for this, and then they say, "Well, why would he claim it?" Because if you did something like that and you were a terrorist leader, that's what your job to do is. You're a terrorist. You terrorize people. Wouldn't you think that after it happened that he would be standing on the top of Mount Olympus with a big cape behind him and a big T on his chest for terrorists, the super terrorists of the year I got the Americans? And then the American public could not figure out why people rejoiced about us being attacked all around the world. Gee, I wonder if it's because our corporate government slash corporatocracy ma mafia has ruined their country. Oh, we got troops here, but that's to keep you safe. That kind of crazy stuff. That kind of rationale. All right. So last qu last little portion of this, and then um, and actually I might as well just read the whole thing. Meanwhile, the Federal Department of Education is making big money off the student loan payments. Of course, there you got to get them bigger so you can brainwash the kids from the uh, from the jump. In a direct loan program yielded at twenty seven point five billion dollar profit on loans made in two thousand and eleven. $25 billion on loans made in 2012 and an expected $33.5 billion in loans in 2013. Now, it sounds like a huge jump, but that's probably through the inflation that's quote-unquote not happening, but yet you see it everywhere. 
All told, there will be five years of government has earned, all told over the past five years, the government has earned $101 billion in profit off of student borrowers thanks to the difference between government's low borrowing cost and fixed student interest rates. Well, how lucky for the students up until they're going to raise the rates. And this is the implosion of the economy, everybody. You're watching it in slow motion. Like I said, they're not going to come out and implode the economy full blast so they can bring in their world government. And then meanwhile, saying that there's no world government but writing articles about world government, it's just just absolutely bonkers. Meanwhile, you got the top elites of the world. And if you want to read another book, once again, that's that big R word where you actually learn things. Um, read Superclass. Read that. Complete bonkers. I read excerpts of it online or on my podcast before, but that's what we're up against. So I've got a few minutes here. I want to get into this because this is going to surmise everything. And I'm going to go a little bit over just because I looked at the time and I'm just not going to be able to cover what I need to cover. So Fox News is asking the right questions, so I'm going to go to this. So jumping off of the economy and moving on to the domestic police state, here is the big enchilada. Fox News does a little report, and I've got a snippet of it here. This is all fair use because I'm actually going to give dialogue behind it, so don't try to come after me, FCC. They're talking about how they've got the former NSA whistleblower on. And they're talking about the NSA database that I talked about six months ago that they're building out in Utah, which is you know over a billion dollars. And then Congress asked them what they're, what do you guys plan on doing out there? And they said none of your effing business. Sit down and shut up. Remember, you guys work for the corporations. Just sit there and do your job. You know, infight with one another, make it look like you're 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 doing political infighting. And then, you know, go to lunch, have cocktails, and then vote along party lines, and everything will be peaches. So Fox News decides that they're going to actually do some real journalism, much like Amber Lyon did in CNN. And that got her fired, or not fired. Um, um, what would be the correct term? Hmm. Asked to resign. But they didn't ask her to resign. They just started taking away benefits. So Fox News does this big piece, and they go out and they try to film. They're like, we'll just go get footage of the data center. Yeah, okay, yeah, occupied country. You live in Bankerland. Don't forget about that. And the NSA is a big part of Bankerland because if the bankers understand what you've got, who you're talking to, and they can film a big database for it, then they can do algorithms and find out what you like, what you don't like, and pretty much predict what you're going to do. And if that sounds like the minority report to you, well, welcome to 2013. The technology is there. It's been there for a while. That's why when you start using Google enough and you start you know, going to websites and you look at banner ads, you're like, oh, my God, look at these. This banner ad is from so, – uh, this. Like here, here's two examples here on my browser. I've got one for Design Crowd, which I use to you know, find out what – Logo I was going to get, so every time I go to any website, it's either going to be Design Crowd 99 Designs or AS for AVS for You, which is the software I use to do editing. 
So they've been doing it for a while. Google's had the patent on it. Remember, I read the articles, you know, six, eight months ago. I don't even remember how long where it said the CIA director says, yeah, everything's spying on your washing machine, your dishwasher, and laugh about it like it's funny. And the general public just toddle along thinking that they don't live in a tyranny or a police state. Meanwhile, we have the highest prison population on the planet, much more than China, and China has can't remember if it's two billion. I can't even remember. A couple billion people, and we're 300 million. Free country, everybody. Free country. And we have debtors' prisons now, which are called traffic courts. But hey, you know, everything's fine. Everything's fine. So here's the Fox News clip, and they talk about how, well, we couldn't get... We couldn't get you know permission to go in, so we just flew over it. And then all of a sudden, magically, the guys in black suits show up at the, the guy that flew the helicopter's house. Start asking him some questions. And, yeah, so here you go. The only way you have perfect security is have a perfect surveillance state. That's George Orwell. That's 1984. That's what that would look like. Two weeks after our flyover, the helicopter pilot told Fox he got a visit from two FBI agents who said the NSA had taken photos of the helicopter and used them to identify the manufacturer in California, who in turn told the NSA who operates that model of helicopter in Salt Lake Satisfied the pilot was not flying terrorists over the data center, the questioning ended, but it shows you the power of just having a little bit of information shopping. Uh, actually, it shows you the power of the police state. Now listen, that guy can't just fly over the NSA. You can't just get in a helicopter and say, I'm going to take off and I'm going to go fly over here. Can't do that. You have to talk to air traffic control. You have to let them know where you're going, what the flight plan is, all this stuff. So Fox News got a little taste, and they're like, ooh, well, you know, we he did get in a visit from the FBI. Sir, were you flying terrorists over the NSA database? Or, you mean the one that you won't tell the American public what it's for, and then you come out and say that it's, oh, well, we could store your data up to 100 years if we wanted to. Gee, I wonder how long a human life is here in the United States. About 72 years. Yeah, and just in case you live a little bit longer, we got all the other data. And why do they need all this data? Well, they tell you it's to catch terrorists. Caught any good terrorists lately, TSA? By sticking your hands down people's pants that you're not doing, and then you get caught doing it. Oh, we're not searching kids. Oh, three weeks later, well... Well, we had to search that kid, and then they just do it over and over again because the public goes back to sleep. I am here to break your conditioning, to break your trance. You are in a, to quote Alex Jones, you are in a body snatchers level conspiracy. And if you don't wake up and see it, you're going to end up in a really bad spot. You're going to end up in a third world country, and if you've never been to one would not recommend going there unless you are an American and you have tons of money and you stay in the resorts. Because listening to John Perkins talk about Indonesia, listening to him talk about Guatemala, listening to him, excuse me, talking about Ecuador, listening to him talk about Panama, it's it's beyond anything that you could ever imagine here in the United States. It is beyond that. And it really makes me sad because it's not that difficult. 
It's really not that difficult. If you understand history, you know that – I mean, take a look at the the Romans. And the only reason I can really recall this pretty well is I'm listening to Dan Carlin's uh, podcast. It's called Hardcore History. Uh, my friend and I are both – he's already through halfway through the Mongols, and I'm still on the fall of the Roman Republic. But they go through some of the same stuff that we're going through here. And they have these giant aristocrats. Remember, Rome had a Senate. They were they were all about you know giving the power to the people, those types of things. And then you run into these two guys that are from outside of the Roman walls, and they're both extremely wealthy. Oath were their own private armies, just absolutely could run ruptured over the entire Roman society. And this is towards the end. This is actually around, I think, in the 70s um, BCE. So this is right up towards the end of it. And once again, you have the government in place, which is the senators. You have them and the tribunal and all those other guys and the, you know, and, and the, um, the populare, the one that represents you know, the people. And then that's about the time that Julius Caesar's in power, or actually he's um, he's in the he's in the Senate, but he's not like the uh, the main guy yet. And so these two private individuals say that they're going to jockey over power of who's going to be in control of Rome, and then they just decide, you know what? There's plenty of Rome to go around. Why don't we just team up and split it? And that's what you're looking at here. It's the best analogy I've got because, once again, humans do the same thing over and over and over again unless you learn from it. Unless you see that you know, you have the Department of Homeland Security, and I just pulled up the link, saying that religious extremism would, would and does include… I'm going to read all these off to you. Evangelical Christianity, the Muslim Brotherhood, who we funded and then put into control of um, Libya. And so, excuse me, ultra or orthodox Jews, um, Christian identity, Al Qaeda, of course, and they're, of course, transnational Islam funded by the United States government and their subsidiaries. Hamas, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, Catholicism, and I'll post these on my website. The Army of God, which is a quote U.S. slash Christian, the Sunni Muslims, the Nation of Islam, the Jewish Defense League, Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So the Mormons, the people that don't even put caffeine in their body, they're terrorists too, or religious extremism. Let me give you guys a little hint. Every religion is extreme. There's not a religion that's not extreme. Because each religion preaches the fact that it is the only way, therefore it is extreme. There's not anything in Christians that says that, well, as long as you accept the Bible and you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then you're good. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. 
because you'd be called a Jew then, because then you would you would actually study the Old Testament, which the Christians call old, but it's actually whatever. So understand this, and understand when you have governments that come out and start persecuting people and putting people in little camps, that that is always bad news. You know, Hitler started with Jews. He said, well, we'll just put them in cities first. You know, we'll move them out of the slums. We'll give them places to live because nobody wants to buy from a Jew. And then they moved them. Well, we're going to move them to these little cities so that they can live and at least they'll have a job and they'll be able to eat and stuff. And, and then they just start killing people. And I know that it doesn't run that linearly, but that's what happens. So be aware when when everybody's being put into these religious extremists, which is actually good because I fall under none of these. Would I consider myself an atheist? I don't know. What I do know is that organized religion is there to pigeonhole you and also to create a divide-and-conquer mechanism so that you can look at an, a different tribe and be tribal and say that that person's not a member of our tribe… And so it is your it is your duty as as a member of the tribe, as a member of the Christian faith, to go and convert that person to your way of thinking. Because that's what God would want. But God gave us free will. So I get very confused when we get into the religious aspect of things, and that's why I typically try to stay away from it, because I have friends that are very very extreme Christians, but once again, I use that word extreme because they're they're extreme. Because they believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and if I don't believe that, then that, to me, it seems extreme. But it's not. It's the exact doctrine of their religion. It is what their religion is based on. It doesn't mean that they're extreme. That's just their faith. So when these things come out, and then you have people that just brush it off to the side. Oh, that's just nothing. Oh, that's you know, oh, 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 whatever. Just don't bother me with that. Don't bother me. Here's the best example I've seen as of late. And I'm going to put this on my website, and I'll send it out on Twitter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, everybody. I've got 10 followers now. I'm pretty pumped. I actually send a lot of stuff out now. I never thought I'd be a... A Twitter person, but I am. So follow me at We Are Not Cattle, the number one. That's We Are Not Cattle, the number one. Check out the new layout on the website, uh, WeAreNotCattle.net. I finally got my new logo up there. I'm um, going to start the podcast with my friend Daryl here in the next couple of weeks. We're going to do a full video live stream podcast, and we're going to put some twists and turns in it because the radio show to me was uh, just a stepping stone. It was to get me used to being in front of a microphone, get me used to um, talking to an audience and getting a pace and a tempo kind of set. But now I'm actually going to let loose, and the podcast is going to be – it's going to be informative. It's going to be funny. I'm going to come up with some different segments. One of the segments that I think that I'm going to come up with is um, – I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And um, one segment we already know is going to be like the idiot uh, of the week, and we're going to call that the cow patty. So stay tuned for the cow patty. That will be coming out soon. And um, the other the other section, that might not be a weekly section, but it will be you know, whenever the 
whenever the occasion arises, and I might try to do some man on the street to get video for this, is we're going to call it my run-in with a biological android or my experience with a biological android. And what I mean by that are people that are so conditioned and programmed that they can't even have conversations with you about real-world issues. They have to default into the popular culture. You see, when your whole life is about popular culture and it's about football, movies, those types of things, you you, you get some really nasty people that kind of slide to the top. Because criminals aren't going to come out there and tell you that they're straight-up criminal. They're not going to say, hey, I'm a criminal. I'm running for office. You know, check me out. Like um, like the two senators we have here in Georgia. One of them's like, oh, I'm going to retire it this year. And I told my wife, I'm like, guaranteed that guy is going to vote for that gun, for the gun, um, for the background checks law. Guaranteed. Sure enough, both of them did it. So I live in a state full of two traitors. Enjoy it, guys. Yep. State of Georgia, two senators, both Republicans, both voting so that I can be registered with the in it, or excuse me, I can be registered now with the NIC system, which they already keep your records when you file them, especially when you file them online. They've got all the cookies and everything. But you know what? You can't have that argument with somebody because then I am then I'm a, a paranoid gun owner that thinks the government wants to come kill me. No, I just read and study history and know that that's the default. That is the default of government. Get big, get nasty people in control, try to go authoritarian, or, you know, well, we're getting too big. We just need one guy calling the shots. That's what the Romans did. You need to look that up. The Romans did that for about, uh, I think it was a period of 10 to 20 years that they did that, where they had a dictator. This is pre-Julius Caesar. And he, the first day, what he did was he would put up a list every day of the people that had committed crimes against the government – and that you were offered a bounty to bring those people's heads in. So let's say that you're – and this happened before. Let's say that you're reading the list, and I'm going down the list of all the traders, and all of a sudden I look at the list, and I see Joe Bob, and Joe Bob's standing right next to me. You know, By the time Joe Bob gets away from the list, Joe Bob's probably dead and his head's chopped off because somebody just made some money. That's the default, everyone. That is the default. Once again, humans don't change unless you enlighten yourself. If you don't, you become decadent, you become slovenly, you become uh, apathetic to believe that this is always going to be like this because you grew up in the, the greatest and most prosperous nation in the entire world and you got so lucky that your parents had a baby in this country and that you can't even imagine that anybody would ever take it away. And it's not that they're taking it away deliberately. They're taking it away through greed, and they're taking it out the back door trying to put epoxy or trying to stick little fingers in, in a dam that's breaking. We've got a dam that's breaking, and you've got water spurting out here, and then you've got the legislature that's going to put a finger in there, and then another hole opens up. It's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, and now we're at the point where we've got all fingers and toes spread out as far as the eye can see. We've got our head against the, um, the dam, and we can feel it, and it's about to rupture. That's what we're dealing with. And it's global corporate combines that are doing this. 
with their own private mercenary groups, with their own economic hitmen that they'll send over to sign your government on to bad debts that they know that you'll never pay back. And if you don't sign the contract, they'll just kill you in a helicopter crash. Or they'll kill you in a plane crash. I mean, your government knowingly assassinated a political leader that was democratically democratically elected because he was threatening to shut off the oil to your nation. That's what happened in Iran. You got a guy overthrown because he was like, no, we're going to keep some of this oil for us. Oh, do what? No. See, our corporations need that oil to make plastic fake goods so that our consumers that are mined from the time that they're little kids that they need to consume and not question. Well, guess what? I'm questioning, and you need to question. So, oh, I had so many other news that I wanted to get into. Um, oh, here's a here's a good headline for you. Just Google this. This is publicintelligence.net. Excuse me, publicintelligence.net. DOD issues instructions on military support for civilian law enforcement. So... Once again, they're gearing up for something, and we don't know what it's going to be. They're running drills. They're running domestic checkpoints. They're running checkpoints inside the border. But you live in a free country, everybody. Having the TSA grab your junk, that's it, it, freedom. Now, I did hear an argument that said that we were just naive to think that they can never happen to us and all this other stuff. I, I get that. And I get that we need to have some semblance of security. But having a, a, a bureaucracy full of pedophiles and, and idiots that, that – I read a story about the – every time I read a TSA story, it's always the same thing. It's some, it's some idiot doing something stupid that really hurts somebody's feelings, and then their, their reaction is to laugh at them. Like everything's programmed to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Like here's what happened. The guy is coming to bury his dead father. He's got his father in the urn. They say, well, he says that your protocol says for me to send it through the x-ray. And the lady says, well, I'm not going to send it through the x-ray. I want to look in it because remember Al-Qaeda is in there. So they got to find Al-Qaeda in, in the urn that this guy is obviously taking back to wherever he's from. So they take the urn, she un undoes the cap, sticks her hand in there and swabs around a little bit, and then spills about a third of it. The guy looks down and is on the ground on his hands and knees, sweeping up the remains and bone fragments of his father, and the woman begins to laugh at him. That's your country, everybody. Those are the people that you need to reach out to. And some of them, you know what? Some of them, you're not going to be able to save them. They are so into the television culture and the popular culture that they wear it as like a badge of honor that they don't know anything about politics. They wear that as a badge of honor, showing that, look, I have no need for this. I, I, know, I know all about the Kardashians. I know all about the fact that um, Jay-Z and Beyonce are going to go do a, a concert at the White House, or Justin Timberlake, excuse me, they're going to go down to Cuba, Justin Timberlake's going to do a concert at the White House. I thought we were in a freaking economic crisis. What in the hell are we doing having concerts at the White House for? Probably to fundraise. 
Excuse me. I am so sorry. I forgot how politicians operate. Your main goal is to fundraise and try to keep getting reelected. Well, I can tell you what, Johnny Isaacson. If your old bag of bones runs for Senate again, I will be out there picketing you every day of my life. You and Saxby Chambliss, you sack of garbages. What part of shall not be infringed do you guys not understand? And then it's like, oh, well, we need to be reasonable. We need to be reasonable about these things. Once again, as soon as you guys get my economy back, as soon as you stop giving $80 billion a month to foreign banks, then we'll have grounds to talk, everyone. So once again, everybody, stay tuned for the big news. I'll probably announce it on my next show when the launch date for the podcast will be. We're gonna have to run some. Um, we're gonna have to run some some tests on it and stuff. So if you want to be part of the beta, we're gonna do some tests where we're gonna have call-ins and stuff like that. I'll be sure to announce the dates and times on the show. Once again, everybody, get a friend, get informed, get involved, get this podcast out to one person that you like, or two people that you like, and say, hey, did you ever think about this? Because I really did encapsulate what the New World Order is. It's not some guys in a smoky room planning to conquer the world and grobbing their hands together. They're corporate monopoly men that understand that it's good for business to make a profit, and they don't care if it's over your dead body. Thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, get a friend, get informed, get involved. Follow me on Twitter, We Are Not Cattle, the number one. Check out the website, WeAreNotCattle.net, and the YouTube channel, just YouTube, We Are Not Cattle TV. Thanks for listening. Love, freedom, and liberty, everyone.